Welcome back to another Foolish Wanderers podcast, the podcast about anything and everything. Today, we're going to be talking about St. Olga of Kiev. But first, we're going to start with the unveiling of a statue for Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. So, thanks. It sounds like a newscast. Oh, my God. <laughs> we told totally only the best news. Got your important stuff on here. Yeah, this is only the, imp- the important stuff. So, yeah. So, I just thought it was kind of... I mean, not. F- it was interesting news, but um, so a new mo- monument dedicated to MLK, and then his wife Coretta Scott King was unveiled in the Boston Common, um, where he actually gave a speech in 1965. So they unveiled this new um, statue, and it's 20 feet tall and 40 feet wide, and it's based on a famous photo of. Um, um, of MLK like embracing like hugging his wife like putting his arms mm. around her and then she, she's doing the same but like it looks weird <laughs> like, <laughs> like it is just their arms and their hands they mm-hmm. cut so like look up the photo right now just look up the embrace like MLK like photo and it's a really nice it's like like a it's a beautiful photo like touching photo it's just you know husband and wife you know hugging it's mm-hmm. cute yeah, it i is. don't understand why the artist decided to like not include their body or more importantly their head just their their arms and the hands and it looks so first of all i saw it from like the correct angle of how okay. you're supposed to look at it like it looks like the it's similar to the photo and it looked mm-hmm. like okay kind of i was like okay that's looks fine you know di- weird artistic choice by the artist to just do the arms but i kind of get it mm-hmm. and then i started looking at more photos from other angles and it looks a little suggestive it kind of looks like um like a, like a, like somebody holding like um i don't know how to say it <laughs> an appendage in their hands like a very <laughs> large like, appendage that's not an arm <laughs> like a lower body appendage like from every angle that's not the correct angle yeah, that's what it, it looks like it yeah. looks like a lady's hands holding uh like oh, an appendage like <laughs> <laughs> that's the right word but we'll use and- it i don't understand why the artist did that like why wouldn't i end uh I just, it's not, I know that art is subjective, but uh-huh. it is also not subjective. There's obviously a difference between what is what is a good choice and a bad choice. And I think this is, is a bad choice because it wasn't thought through. I think Be- it looks yeah. like, it looks like she's holding on to like a giant turd or like an <laughs> appendage. There isn't like, look at this angle. I, yeah, I agree. It's I think if it was smooth, it'd be fine. But it's like lumpy, like it's clothing, you know. But yeah, it just they especially if it's dedicated to MLK. I feel like they should have included their faces. 
which I know is hard to get there. Like it's hard to. Um, I would rather them, but like yeah, I would rather you just have it like small enough. You know, I don't know. I mean, I know it's just who you mock. So when you do a statue, you mock it up a bunch of times, right? Oh, yeah, smaller mm-hmm. versions. You know, half scale, whatever, sixteenths of the scale. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna kind of look at the different angles. I don't understand why nobody said, "Hey, if you don't look at it straight on, kind of looks like she's holding on to a." Mm. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, like it's just mm. so. It's cool that MLK got another. Like, you know, I mean, he's one of America's most famous, influential people from you know the last century. Hmm. Like, he, yeah, just, like, represents what it is to be, like, the the ideal American, I guess, right? So, it's just kind of sad that... That that just turned out this way. Yeah, it just kind of reminded me of also, like, other bad statues. (laughs) You know, (laughs) weird statues. And it reminded me of, like, the the Cristiano Ronaldo, um, his famous soccer player. He had a statue unveiling, and it did not look like him at all. Oh, that's really. Or awkward. do you remember the Lucille Ball statue yes. that they had replaced? How scary it was. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was kind of the thing. It was. So you can look it up yourself and see if it looks like a uh, or. <laughs> so I um, was looking through articles, and I found the New York Post's. And so, um, apparently a little boy was in the crowd at the unveiling. Oh, no. And he, he yells up. That he yells out. Like a... Yep, that's a phallus. <laughs> like, the real word for it. It's a Richard. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, it's, I mean, the thought behind it is good, but the execution. Execution. Was not great. Why would you do that to MLK? <laughs> Hasn't he, why? Exactly, um. And anyway, think- if anybody really wants to see a good like statue of MLK, there's a it's called Martin Luther. I've been there. It's it's um great great um memorial park. Um, it's called Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial, and it's in DC and it's cool. Nice. He's like emerging, like they include his head and the rest oh, of his body, his arm, but he's like emerging from like this big block of like marble or whatever. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I have seen that one. Yeah, yeah. Some, so like, history books and stuff. Yep. So I recommend looking up that one, yeah. and not the <laughs> not the new one. Not the new one. All right. Shall we get into Saint Olga of Kiev? As long as it's not like phallic. Yeah. No, I think we're safe on this one. But okay. it's That's good. it's intense. Ooh, so, okay. Not as yes. intense as a like. 40 foot thing of bronze holding on to a no (laughs) a giant Richard (laughs) there's so many names you could use no so this one actually so I think it was like back in um, the very beginning of like the Russian Ukrainian war um, people started talking about uh, Saint Olga of Kiev and it made me interested because you know I'm I'm Catholic and you know saints are you know a huge part of our faith so I was looking her up, and honestly, I am extremely surprised that she is considered a saint for what she does. Aren't all so. saints, though, like, I don't know anything about saints, really, but okay. aren't they all, like, I don't know, like, they didn't do good, th- a lot of them didn't really do good things in their life, but then they did, like, one good thing or something that makes them a saint, right? So like, they depends. weren't the best people? I think a lot of, like, the original ones, 
or the older ones, especially like around um, the Crusades and stuff, that kind of era, definitely. There's a lot that are really good, like uh, St. Therese Little Flower. She was, I think it was 15, she was 15 when she joined um, the convent or became a nun. Um, so like got special permission because she really wanted to be a nun. And she basically, her whole thing was like doing the little things to help you know, to do good and to praise God instead of trying to do big things. But she was just like a super sweet girl. And then she passed away, sadly, like when she was 24. But yeah, she's one of the really good ones. And there's, so there's like a handful of each. But this is, St. Olga is one that I am quite astonished that she's a saint. Mm. But we'll get into it. All right. So St. Olga of Kiev was born sometime between 890 and 925 AD. Uh, to Viking parents in Skov, northern Russia. When she was 15 years old, she married Igor. He was a prince of the Kivion Rus, which is today in Ukraine, Belarus, and Russia. It's kind of that general area. Uh, so sometime later, she gave birth to her son, Sadislav. Not much is really known about Igor or their son. The most we know about Igor is how he died. I, yes. like, advice, like, I don't, like, my rule of thumb is I would never, like, marry an Igor. An <laughs> Igor? why just because like bad luck no he's like um and like the monster movie she's the assistant (laughs) yeah he is like dr frankenstein like the dr frankenstein or whatever like he's the assistant like yeah yeah, he is he helped like you know rob graves and steal dead bodies like yeah yeah he did (laughs) all right so the area that would later later become ukraine was under frequent attack during the 9th and 10th centuries ce with the Viking Age in full swing, Scandinavian raiders known as Vranigans, or V-A-R-A-N-G-I-A-N-S, came sailing down the Dnieper River. So at first, they only came to trade. However, it didn't take long, uh, only took a couple of decades, before these innocent trading trips turned into very aggressive invasions. The Vikings soon turned on the local Slav population. So by 882, the Varenigans had seized Kiev, and their leader proclaimed himself Grand Prince of Kiev and started carving out an empire in Eastern Europe. The state he founded and expanded is called the Kievian Rus state, state to distinguish it from Russia. So Russia is a much younger country, tracing its stately roots back to the 13th century CE at the earliest. So Russia was still a ways out. Mm-hmm. So one of the local tribes, the Drevlins, was among the Slavs subjugated by the Rus. They had even fought for their new overlords, going as far as conducting war against the mighty Byzantine Empire. When the Rus' Grand Prince died in 912, the Drevlins stopped cooperating and stopped paying their tribute payments to Kiev. And this caused a lot of issues. So, like, taxes to yeah, them? Yeah, basically or? taxes, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Primitive taxes. Prim- yeah, pretty much. Chickens and geese and a few and buckets. ducks and pigeons. <laughs> a few buckets. Uh-huh. Yes. So the new Rus Grand Prince was none other than Olga's husband, Igor, and he spent much of his reign fighting the superpowers of of his time. Igor launched another Kivian Rus attack against the Byzantines, twice reaching their capital, Constantinople, but failing to besiege it. And then by 945, he deemed the time was right to settle internal matters, and he attacked the Drevlins, who extract to extract new tribute payments from them. So basically he was like, it's time, it's been 30 plus years. You need to start paying taxes again. I so. need more geese. <laughs> I need more buckets. Yes. 
So, confronted by Igor's much larger army, the Drevelins gave in, and they agreed to resume tribute payments to the Rus. On the way back home, however, Igor felt unsatisfied with his small victory. He wanted more, so he they made They always the, do. They always do, and that's always they their always demise. Do. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, he decided to turn around to increase his demands. This time, however, he had a lot smaller army or troop with him, and this decision would cost him his life. Oh, so that's great. Well, he wanted more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he got greedy. So the Drevlins were enraged by his oppressive commands and now were very unimpressed by his small army. So the <sighs> Drevlins quickly overwhelmed Igor and his troops, then promptly murdered Igor in a very gruesome manner. Well, what, what do you mean? Like, what did they do? So, here we go. so here's a quote by the Byzant- Byzantine historian and chronicler Leo the Deacon in the 10th century CE. Quote, they had bent down two birch trees to the prince's feet and tied them to his legs. Then they let the trees straighten again, thus tearing the prince's body apart. Basically, deadly splits. Oh. Yeah, so not a pretty way to go at all. Wow, people are creative when they want to kill people. Oh uh-huh. my goodness. <laughs> yeah, well, so nasty. This story gets even more creative. It's Great. Even more so, yes. <sighs> so So creative. Yes. Aren't you glad we don't live back then? I mean... I mean, guys, Yes. <laughs> I mean, things still happen nowadays, but... The, uh, yes, there's, you know, nothing is... There's not a perfect world, but it's like... No. You would always want to live in the, you know, the day, like, now. Yeah. Rather than even 30 Before. years ago. Now you want to live. Exactly, yeah. So when word of her husband's murder got back to Olga, she was rightly pissed. So her country needed a new, a new ruler, and since her and Igor's son was only three years old at the time, Olga took the throne. She ruled Ke- the Kievan Rus in her son's place as a regent, and she would lead the state for about 15 years. So, a long time. So her first order of business was to take revenge for the killing of her husband. The Drevlins, on the other hand, emboldened by their seemingly successful uprising, decided that they needed to add insult to injury. They sent a delegation to Olga, which proposed that she marry the leader of the Drevlins, Prince Mal. So the one that ordered her husband to be killed now wants to marry her. (laughs) Yeah. So the Drevlins thus hoped to accomplish two things. One, to prevent a retaliatory counterstrike by Kiev and Olga, and two, to improve their status within the Rus state, achieving equality from the Varanigans rather than remaining their subjects. So they wanted to be bigger and have more power. Yeah. So Olga, sensing her opportunity for revenge, responded to the embassy, quote, Your proposal is pleasing to me, indeed. My husband cannot rise again from the dead, but I desire to honor you tomorrow in the presence of my people. Return now to your boat, and remain there with an aspect of arrogance. I shall send for you on the morrow, and you shall say, We will not ride on horse, nor go on foot. Carry us in our boat, and you shall be carried in your boat. All right. Yes. Let's see what she does to them. <laughs> well, Probably, like, carried in the boat of like on fire or something like that. Close. So, after she told the Drevlins to wait in their boat, and uh, she asked her men to... Dig a large trench. Can you see where this is going? No. Okay. <laughs> so the next day, Olga met the messengers near the river, and as promised, they, when they repeated the words she had instructed them to speak, the people of Kiev grabbed the dre- grabbed the Drevlin boats, and with everyone, all the ambassadors in them, carried them over their heads. 
As they were paraded across the Rus' capital, the Drevlins thought Olga was paying them a great honor, until the procession reached her court. Wait, where, like they were like a they carried it through like town. a rock concert, like they were surfing the crowd <laughs> in a boat. Yeah, basically, yeah. That's awesome. It, it doesn't end awesome though. No, but I would be like I, I would be in the <laughs> boat and I would be like pretend rowing, like like a rowboat, and I'd be of like, course you would. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You hit people with your oar, just like, smack, my smack. fake oar, be like a yeah, like a fake oar or something. <laughs> yeah. So until the procession reached her court, where the deep trench had been dug overnight, the Rus then tipped over the boats and threw everyone into the ditch, then buried them alive. It's like Game of Thrones. It's like is an it, episode of Game of Thrones. Is it it's really? Real. Yeah. They do stuff like this, sort of, in Game of Thrones. Like, you okay. know, except it's more poisoning or, you know, oh, killing, yeah. stabbing. But, you know, this yeah. is cool. This is cool. <laughs> okay. So while they were being covered with dirt and rocks, Olga then asked them whether they found the honor to their taste. The, di- <laughs> the dying men called up that their suffering was worse than the death of Igor. I don't... I don't know. I have no idea. It doesn't seem like it, but I guess you would suffocate being buried alive. I don't know. Both are last longer. Both are creative. This one is more creative, but you know, yeah, surfing the crowd to your death. (laughs) That's kind of yeah, yeah. It's like super happy and awesome to horrifying death. Yeah. Yep. So after this, however, Olga was still not satisfied. Oh no. Yeah. So wave two. So immediately, Olga took the next step on her vegetable plan. She sent a message to Prince Mal, who was still in the Drevlin homeland. Olga asked him to send his, quote, most distinguished men to her in Kiev, so she might go to their prince with due honor. So basically, like, they could escort her to meet Prince Mal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, she's not going to marry him or anything? Nah. No, this is all a good. Is she saying that she's going to marry him? Is that what she like, says in her letter, or no? She's, like, hinting... Like, do this for me, it's like, maybe, kind of. I don't think she ever really said yes, but it's kind of like, do this, and then we'll see, kind of a thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, unaware of the horrible fate of the first party that he sent, Prince Mal was elated by Olga's positive response. He gathered his best men and sent them to the Rus' capital. When they arrived, the Grand Princess ordered her people to draw their visitors a nice hot bath. She then asked the Drevlin men to meet her after they had bathed. Weary from the long journey, the emissaries eagerly entered the bathhouse. Olga now moved on to stage two of her revenge, where she had her people set a fire to the bathhouse, starting with the doors, and the ambassadors were burned alive inside. This is episode of of Game of Thrones. This is, you know. Yeah, Yeah, it's probably where they got some of their ideas. So not quite feeling like she had avenged her husband. What? <laughs> Olga decided to yet again up the ante. Okay, she's just like, she just likes it at this point. Oh, I'm sure she did, yeah. After yeah. the first one, I'm like, okay, you, you be done now. Like, you're like, you're okay. good. You're good. <laughs> Calm no. down. You're fine. No. Take a um, breather. No, she's, yeah. You gotta go. Yeah, we're only on slide on eight war. of yeah. 11, so. She's on a war path, yeah. Oh, yes, Absolutely. So Olga now sent another message to the Drevlin homeland. She ordered Prince Mal to prepare great quantities of mead in the city where you killed my husband, that I may weep over his grave and hold a funeral feast for him. Eh. So Olga then finally traveled to Koroston, the capital of the Drevlins. Prince Mal most likely found it suspicious that both of his diplomatic parties that he sent had not yet returned. Yeah. I would be very, like, 
And he's um, not getting letters from the first one either. No, like, he's not. Is he that dumb? Yes. Yes, he okay. is. Well, then, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, <sighs> so with, because he didn't want to anger his future wife, he did what she asked and threw a funeral <laughs> feast for when she arrived. So the Drevlins, attempted by all the meads that they had gathered, soon began to heavily drink. Olga and her followers, however, played along, but went easy on the booze. When all the attending Drevlins were drunk off their rockers, the Grand Princess <laughs> ordered, her, ordered her relatively sober company to kill her hosts, egging them on with the revenge of the murder of Igor. It was a downright massacre. It's like the Red Wedding from Game of Thrones. <laughs> this is probably where they the got their wedding. idea. The, is that a thing? What? The mead the, wedding? This It is now. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to call it. Okay, yeah. The mead wedding. I mean, mm-hmm. I've done something like this where you get people drunk to get information out of them, but like, yes. I wasn't stabbing or, you know, killing anyone. Good. Good. Was, Don't know, do that. You know, it's just like... Snoopy. Snooping for information. <laughs> That's, you know... Uh, yep. So you might be thinking by now the debt of the Drevelins should have been well paid. What? Like... Like a long way, time ago. A long time ago, back in wave one. But not in the eyes of Olga of Kiev. She returned home and quickly gathered an army to crush whatever was left of the Drevelin tribe. Oh my goodness. So What's the, her son doing? Is he just like sitting in a room by himself going like, meh, 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 yeah, he's like three a block or, or something? <laughs> from, I'm sure he has like attendance and stuff, but yeah, he's just Mommy's a murderer. Whoa. Good goals. Yeah. Good parrot. Good <laughs> parrot. So the war began extremely favorably for the Rakivian Rus. They won several battles and drove the Drevlins to, into their cities. However, that's when problems started to appear. Coruscant, in particular, withstood their siege for over a year. So Who's never that? what? Who's Coruscant? That's their one of their cities. The Drevlins, oh, okay. one of their cities. Got it. Got it. Got it. So never know, known to lack creativity, Olga sent the city's inhabitants another message. Yeah, she doesn't lack the creativity, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. So she said, Why do you persist in holding out? All your cities have surrendered to me and submitted to tribute, so that the inhabitants now cultivate their fields and their lands in peace. But yet you had rather die of hunger without submitting to tribute. Saying that basically, why don't you just pay us and we'll leave you alone. Oh, God. Okay. She's scary. She is, yes. Nuts. (laughs) <laughs> so the people of Coruscant responded that they were willing to pay tribute again but not without cause added that they were afraid of Olga that she was still intent on taking revenge for her husband's death this is like over a year later this is like wave 12 yeah basically yeah yep. so trying to ease their fears Olga answered that the slaughter of the two embassies and the events of the funeral feast were enough for her were they? Mm. <laughs> She oh. added she added a seemingly small request. Give me three pigeons and three sparrows from each house. See, that's their taxes, I'm telling you. It was like just birds and like like a bucket. <laughs> oh, we'll we'll get to how these birds are used. Oh, so no. the Drevlins, delighted that the Grand Princess showed her merciful side, did as she asked and sent all the birds. Please tell me she just ate them. Like, no. like roasted him on a spit and I was like, it's That's lemon and rosemary birds. pigeon. Pigeon. Yeah. Isn't pigeon supposed to be delicious? I think so. Yeah. Any <laughs> I feel like it wouldn't be because they're like everywhere. They're disgusting. Yeah, but I suppose like back then. Like, it seems 
I don't know, with like French food or anything, it seemed like they take like the nastiest, like most like <laughs> normal thing. And mm-hmm. they're like, it's now it's going to be like we put some gilded gold on there and, you know. Yeah, it's a gilded boar's head. saucer and then, you know, it's $500. Yeah. Like escargot or like caviar. Fit, you know, snails and fish eggs. Yeah, I'm not a fan, personally. I, I do like the escargot, though. It's kind Did, of fun. I think you told me that, yeah. Mm-hmm. They were, they, it's kind of like Russian roulette where, like, like some <laughs> of them might be, like, they, some of them might have some, like, sand or kind of taste, like, muddy in them. But then oh. you're going to hit, like, some that are, like, so buttery and, like, le- like just good. Okay. But... Yeah, I'm not a fan of the mud and dirt, but... I, think, I don't think I sold them that well. <laughs> no. But you go it ahead. Is, I'll save it for you. It's fun. They come in, like, this cute little, like, snail... Snail... Not snail trail, but, like, snail <laughs> plate. It's a snail coffin. These, a snail coffin. <laughs> and <laughs> then you have, like, this special kind of, like, tweezer-looking thing. Okay. You grab the shell by that, and then they give oh. you... It looks like a little, like, pin, but it has, like, a little fork, like, a little forked pin. Oh, okay, yeah. And you take that, and you go in the shell, and you stab it, and you kind of, like, wiggle it around, and you rip off that little snail, and you eat it. This sounds very intensive. And it had, it had, like, those, <laughs> I don't know why I thought, I don't know what I was expecting, but I was not expecting them to have, like, those antennas. What they have in like the cartoons. They still have them on there? Yes, I ate them. You ate, you ate their eyeballs. <laughs> oh gosh. Yes, I did. Is that their eyeballs? <laughs> yes. Oh wow. I'm pretty sure. Is that just their. Let me I thought check. that was like their sure. ears or something, like the little antennas with the balls. I th- I'm pretty sure it's their well, eyes. I let me double check. I, uh, <laughs> you ate them for sure. Oh gosh. Now, the next thing you're going to tell me is that like the sand and dirt was just like. It was like snail poo. I mean, could be. They, I mean, they got to go too somehow. So, uh, yeah. yep, that's her eyeball. Oh lord, <laughs> they're very tiny, but yeah, that's her eyes. I, I, you know, if I had to eat an eyeball, I'm glad it was that small. Fair, yeah. Because I don't think I could do like the fish eyeball thing. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know if I could either because it's like a, uh, it's like yeah. a hard part, and then there's a soft yeah, part. Yeah, isn't the hard part like? The cornea or yeah, something? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Gotta, what if one of them yeah, had a cataract? Is that going to be harder? <laughs> <laughs> I think we got to move on. <laughs> yeah, move on to Olgan for revenge. <laughs> Gross. Palette, palette cleanser. Palette cleanser from, from bloodthirsty Olga. Yeah, Olga. <laughs> okay. So now inside the city, people are already celebrating the end of the war. And for such a small price of birds. But in her camp next to the city... Olga ordered her soldiers to attach sulfur and a piece of cloth to the birds' feet. What? At night, they set the cloths on fire and released the birds, who dutifully flew back to their nests at their homes that they came from. Um, a swarm of burning birds <laughs> came down on Korostin, <laughs> which was mostly built up of... <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> I just think it's really funny. You just saw the poor little birds. It's horrible. It is horrible. It's funny at the same time. Yeah, it's really bad, but it is it's kind of really funny. Bad. <laughs> it's just really bad. It's like these balls of fire birds. just flying into the town. <laughs> you got no. murdered by some bird by a pigeon. <laughs> by a pigeon. Death by pigeon. Death by pigeons. Oh my gosh. Oh man. 
And sparrows, too. And the poor little tiny birds. Oh. Aren't, those are cute. Those are, yeah. I like, oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, most of Coriston was unfortunately made with wooden buildings. So, yeah, basically. They all were. <laughs> yeah, they basically all lit in almost immediately. And the whole town caught on fire. Almost do, at once. Do you think anybody in the town knew it was, like, flaming ball the like birds flaming fire birds well most people didn't survive because even if like they survived the fires yeah when they were fleeing the capital olga had thousands of them oh, killed God. and others though she saved as slaves to give to her followers who oh. and whoever remained was left to pay tribute to the rus once more so that's great you got killed used as a slave, slave or got taxed heavily <laughs> Nice lady. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very generous. Right, so, yeah. <laughs> so although the repression of the Drevlin uprising may paint a picture of Olga as a vengeful widow, her historical reputation is altogether different. She spent her later years strengthening and centralizing the young Rus state. She transferred power to her son, Sadislav, when he reached maturity and continuing Igor's dynasty. But what really established Olga's positive image for ages was were her religious endeavors. While visiting Constantinople, the Byzantine capital, in, in 950, or around that time, she converted to Christianity, and she did much more to spread the, her new religion to the new or to the Kievan Rus. They were at first downright hostile, hostile to the idea, and her son Sadislav even refused to be baptized. But Olga carried on regardless, and had several churches constructed throughout the Rus lands. Most of her subjects re remained pagan while she lived, but after she passed away, her mission nevertheless turned out to be a great success. What's that quote? There's like, there's a thing on TikTok that's like, it was a great success. It's like this, like, um, it's like I supposed to be like a vampire. <laughs> It's not Borat? It, it sounds like it'd be Borat. It might be. Is I don't it Borat? Know. Did you just call Borat a vampire? I don't know, but like everyone talked about it as a vampire. Like, he cannot afford. It's a great success. I don't know. Is it is it Borat? Did you just call Borat a vampire? <laughs> Look it up. He cannot afford. Great success. Is my house. Entry, please. Okay. Is my house. Entry, please. He's my neighbor. You should come to the by. Katrina, that's Borat. That's not a vampire. I don't know who Borat is. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but people do this like as vampires on TikTok, so that's where I got it. Wait, they're wait, what? People Okay, listen to the full thing and like okay, hold on. Is this is this my house? Answer, please. He is my neighbor. You should come to the Akbai. I don't like TikTok. Why? They say Borat's a vampire. Well, not everybody, but that's where I got associated with it. So I apologize to Borat. My wife. I can't do it. <laughs> My wife. My wife. My wife. All right. Uh, let's see. So, 20 years after her death, her grandson, Grand Prince Vladimir the Great, famously converted to Christianity. 
Because of her converting influence, Olga of Kiev is venerated as a saint in both the Roman Catholic Church as well as the Russian Orthodox Church. But the vicious slaughter of most of the Drevlin tribe during her early regency probably makes Olga the most genocidal saint who has ever lived. And She's I agree. kind of smart. Smart, terrifying, vengeful. I, yeah, I don't know. Very smart. She was like, I'm going to do all my dirty work now and then, you know, just wash it away. Yeah, you just, you know, yeah. convert and yep. all yeah. the sins of the bearing and the birds of fire get swept <laughs> out of the rug. Oh, man. But, like, even if you look at pictures of her, like, paintings and stuff, she looks pretty intimidating. Some of them are awesome. Some are, I have a couple if you want to look at them, Kendra. So, yeah, what did you think of St. Olga of Kiev? She's pretty cool. Like this is like <laughs> is she like the wait, is she like the patron saint of like Kiev then or I think so. Let me look up what she's a patron saint of again. She that's badass then. <laughs> if you're gonna pick a patron saint, you better pick her. She's scary. She is, yeah. She's the patron saint of widows and converts. So converting to Christianity and widows. But I thought don't cities have like a like a like a mascot or something? The mascot. Is she the mascot of Kiev or no? Do I Google that? We <laughs> probably can, yeah. Um, oh yeah, it says that she is. So some sources say that it's her. There's another saint that I'm honestly not sure if I can pronounce. Uh, it's like Josefat Konservik or something like that. Um, who I've never heard of. I would definitely pick her. Yeah, especially for wartime. Heck yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, so I think you can see why TikTok started loving her and like talking about her as soon as the war on Ukraine. Oh, started. this is from TikTok. I think that's where I first came across it. Yeah, it was TikTok. Okay, well, I think I'm gonna stick with Saint Borat instead of Saint, Saint Olga. Borat. Okay. <laughs> My wife. <laughs> I got the radio. It was, it was like I got the radio. Come at the fort. Great success. Great success. Great success. Oh, man. Your homework is to watch Borat. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Since I really butchered that reference. I was like, why does this vampire sound like it's Borat? Borat. The least, like, non-scary vampire ever, because he's got, like, that mustache with the suit, Uh, with his little, like, politician suit thing. Oh, my goodness. That's funny. Oh, man. So, some resources I used were the Britannica.com, MedievalReporter.com, and, of course, Wikipedia. Always Wikipedia. Oh, and also AllThat'sInteresting.com. Oh, good website. All right, Wanders, thank you for listening to another Foolish Wanders podcast. If you have any suggestions for any future episodes, please feel free to email us at fwplisteners at gmail.com. And as always, new episodes of the FWP are released weekly from wherever you get your podcasts from, including this place that you're listening to right now. And if you'd like to support us, we would really appreciate it if you would consider leaving us a five-star review. Yeah. All right, Wanderers, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys next time. I still have to use a script, and it's been like how many <laughs> freaking episodes? Like, I was wondering what, what you're saying? grabbing. Yeah, that's what I was grabbing. <laughs>
drinking like orange juice ew no <laughs> okay. i really don't like orange juice but i do like sunny d which i know is not orange juice at all i don't think so no like it's the the diabetes amped up sugar like hummingbird feed version of orange juice but i like that one <laughs> <laughs> the sugar intense one. yeah i like that one no i'm just drinking it's just um it's like Simply lemonade. Oh, um, pink good. lemonade. No, it's strawberry lemonade. That's what it is. Okay, I love the raspberry one. They're so good, though. But yeah, they have really good stuff. Mm-hmm. That's the orange juice I get, too. I get sunny Sunny <laughs> I have the palate of a seven-year-old. With the chicken nuggets and the sunny D. I really don't eat chicken nuggets anymore. That's I had them. I probably have them. I think I have them once a quarter. Once a business quarter, I probably have to get <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, I guess, yeah, probably about the same, too. Like, once every couple of weeks I have them. But then Ray demands chicken nuggets. She loves chicken nuggets. That's, I've never heard of a cat liking to eat chicken nuggets <laughs> ever. She, like, when I first got her in my apartment, mm-hmm. I would make chicken, like, dino chicken nuggies because they are the best. And she would demand part of it like she would literally sit by me and like rub against me and be like give me chicken nuggets and then i'd look away for a second and she'd steal it so she's so does she have nuggies. like a preference of like, ch- like the type of chicken nugget like does it have to be the dino <laughs> the dinosaur so cutout version this are the ones that i usually get okay um, but like i haven't eaten mcdonald's around here like mcdonald's chicken nuggets around oh, here those are- I don't like those things. You know, Why are they in the shape of a boot? I don't understand. <laughs> there's like th- there's supposed to be three shapes. It's like a, boot, a ball and a a, a bell. Ball. I think. <laughs> I don't know. They're weird. The breading is weird to me. It kind of is. Yeah. I always like. Every once in a while. I always like the um, just like the crummy, like the crumbly mm, breading. Yeah. You know, like breadcrumb breading. Sure. I yeah. don't like the batter. Like McDonald's is sure. I don't like that. Yeah, I give her the tails off the Dino Nuggies, and she <laughs> she loves them. <laughs> Do you think it like um like it awakens like her primitive like <laughs> cat self? Is that it's like shaped like a like a like chicken a, like yeah like prey or something? Like the dinosaur is like shaped like a prey, so she was you know. I don't think she gets that far. I think she just smells them and goes feral. She's <laughs> just like oh what. But she also loves saltine crackers. And it's the oddest thing. So I was eating them when like my stomach hurt a little bit and she literally stuck her nose in the sleeve and pulled out a cracker and started eating it. I was like That's like the okay. blandest <laughs> The saltine cracker has as much flavor as like those styrofoam peanuts that you use in packing boxes. Oh, I thought you were gonna talk about the circus peanuts candy. No! I love those things. They're so good. Those should be outlawed. Those are delicious. Mm-mm. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I like saltines. Like, I like them with um, pepperoni. 
Sometimes for a snack. What? Yeah, he eats all between crackers and pepperonis. Like, stacked? Yeah. <laughs> Why not upgrade it that. to a rich I... cracker or something? They're not as good. Or, rich. like, anything that could be remotely close to, I don't know. Like Italian, I don't know, like a triscuit, like an Italian herb triscuit or eh, nah. a wheat thin. I just a salted <laughs> cracker and pop. Oh, you sound like you're in prison. Eh, eh. I did this in college. Don't you remember that? Like I no. literally eat saltines and pepperonis. No, I went through art. I went through design school. I mean, it was kind yeah. of a little bit high pressure situation. Lots of yeah. stress. I wasn't really taking notes of your dietary <laughs> weird snacks <laughs> yeah basaltines and um pepperoni have been like a childhood thing so mom eats it all the time so i just kind of grew up doing it too i don't think it's i good. have anything like that <laughs> it's good i'm trying to think i also sometimes i eat um so you take spam and you pan fry it so it gets mm-hmm. crispy oh it's so good not my thing. Nope, 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 nope. Too salty. <laughs> too, way too salty for me. I just get like the the reduced sodium one. That one's pretty it's good. St- it's still like, okay, on the levels of salt, like, you know, like, like a normal thing that like salted, mm-hmm. spam is like through the stratosphere. And then I feel like <laughs> the low sodium is like sort of like, you like, know. okay-ish. It's in the outer like atmosphere. Yeah. And then, like, regular spam is, like, boom. It's to Mars. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think it's good. You put it on toast. Mm. It's good. I think I would rather try that beans and toast, like they do in England, rather than spam and toast. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of fairy bread? I think it's Australian. I think we've talked about this. It sounds very familiar. Basically, it's um, white bread, and you put margarine or butter, and then put sprinkles, like non-parel sprinkles, the tiny crunchy ones that I don't like. I'll try that. Yeah. Fairy bread. I'll do that. (laughs) I would even have that, the bread with that Vegemite or whatever it's called. Yeah. I would try that before I would do Spam and Toast. That surprises me, because Vegemite, I thought it was supposed to be super salty. It is? I thought so. Let me Google. Then no. <laughs> I don't want it. It's very yeasty. Yeasty and salty? No. I think so, yeah. You put like an extremely small amount, though. You mix it with butter. You have an extremely small amount. I'll do like the, I like the salted like licorice, but like that's like a very little amount. I don't like those. Yeah, it contains a high level of sodium. Nope. <laughs> nope. And then I say no to that. Okay. I got my bedtime coffee. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Literally, I've What time is bedtime when you have coffee? Like normal, 11. How do you fall asleep? It's kind of like what I said. Like, even in college, I'd drink it hoping it'd keep me awake, but it never really did. It just kind of made me tired <laughs> or calms me down. Yeah. Coffee. Mm-hmm. If I want to stay awake, I eat sugar, like Sour Patch Kids. Mm-hmm. 